What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Lads Corner. We got episode four ready to go for you. As you may have noticed, we're missing our host, Weirzy. He's got some personal matters to attend to, but he'll be back with us next week. I got Canes and Brad with me. Uh, we're going to waste no time here. Uh, we'll get into the NHL games that we predicted for last Saturday. Uh, not exactly what I want to start talking about as it's uh, continuing to not go very well for me, but I want to get your guys' thoughts. We'll start off with the Leafs and Bruins, obviously. Uh, or sorry, the Leafs and Blue is my mistake. The Leafs lose 6-3. Uh, Canes, who'd you have, man? Um, I took St. Louis in that one, so things are looking up for me. Um, actually, I had a pretty good weekend um, overall, so my record's getting a little better. Um, pretty happy about that, but uh, yeah, I uh, watched that game. Um, you know, Leafs really didn't, didn't look good. They kind of came out pretty flat, and like I said, I think I said in that, uh, that episode, like, St. Louis is just a big, heavy team, and um, you know, their guys play pretty, pretty nasty and they kind of play that, that playoff hockey style, right. Where, which has kind of been the least problem. They don't really match up well against those teams um, as we've kind of seen over the years. So yeah, I kind of, it doesn't shock me six, three. How about you, Brad? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I took Toronto, not hundred percent, but yeah, Campbell just got shelled. It's just he, this whole – he hasn't played great lately either, but it happens. The second line actually showed up for Toronto, though. Like, Kerfoot played well. Uh, Tavares played well. But it just seems like they're not having days lately where all – where those top two lines are going is either one or the other. So, that's yeah. why you're not, you're not going to win those games. Only one line's going. Well, and, and like you said, with Campbell not playing well – um, you know, their, their goaltending in general hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. I mean, Mrazic's something. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Willie had two there. Uh, Brody tied it up in the second, actually. It was, it was close for a while, but in the third, it was all St. Louis. Um, obviously, I had the Leafs. Um, I'm 0-6 in the hockey, uh, so it's not really my proudest moment, but Let's move over to the Sens and Bruins. Another letdown for me being a Sens fan, Brad. I know you are too, but um, we'll start with you, Brad. Uh, who'd you take there, and uh, what would you see in the game? I took Boston. I'm pretty sure I said it was a one-goal game as well. Yeah. I don't think I called the score, though, but, yeah, I mean, that game was pretty much what I expected. I expected a pretty boring, close game, and that's exactly what I got. Not a lot else to say about it. Yeah, not much to say. Canes, you had you had Boston, or you, oh no, this is the one that no, messed you up, right? No, I had I had Ottawa. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I said three two Ottawa, and it was yeah. what four four three overtime for Boston. So. Three three two Boston, yeah. It was a three two Boston, yeah. So yeah. not the score right, but kind of. Yeah, I don't know, not not a whole lot to talk about there. I didn't watch I didn't watch that team, so no no worries. We'll recap this last one quick too. Then uh, Oilers Jets. I took the Jets. Of course, the Oilers come out. It's, it seems to be whatever. When I don't take the Jets, they uh, they win. When I take them, they lose. So I don't really know what to say about that. But um, Oilers bang home 40 shots. They get four uh, past the goalie. But um, who do you guys have? I had the Jets, but Oilers were just better from puck drop. Like They dominated the whole first. McDavid took over. They got three points. And just... I mean, yeah, I think it was like 15 shots to five off the rip. So they just came out on time and Winnipeg didn't. Yep, I had the Oilers as well. Um, yeah, they just, they look better. 
Um, the Jets kind of fucked me the last week and um, still bet against them. And I guess this uh, this worked out. Paid off, yeah. The, the Oilers are doing better. Uh, you know, they, they get the new coach in and things seem to be turned around. McDavid and Dreisaitl are back to their scoring ways. So we'll see if they can keep that up. But uh, let's move into some news in the NHL. Obviously, some big trade news for the Leafs. Uh, they show the door to, to Nick Ritchie. I mean, maybe it was about time. Um, there's some mixed reviews on Twitter about it, but they pick up Lubushkin, the big defenseman, and, and they pick up Dezingo for uh, half a minute, and they put him on waivers, and he gets picked up by San Jose. <laughs> Brad, uh, what would you think about the trade, man? Good move for the Leafs? Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I got a little more defensive depth, especially it seems like they all can't stay healthy at the same time. And Labushkin's pretty good shutdown. He won't get any points, but he'll block shots, hits. Like he was only a minus six on Arizona before he came to Toronto. Like especially yeah. on Arizona, that's not bad at all. Give I know he got, he got burned on I think his first game in Toronto. Like he yeah. missed a pass from the point. Guy went down on breakaway and scored. But I mean, yeah, I don't mind the move. I was the Zingle game put on waivers. I was a bit surprised about, but now he's in San Jose with Coacher and Jonathan Dallin. Can't complain about that. And yeah, with uh, Richie gone, I think it was about time. Like, a GM can't get it right all the time if he just doesn't work in the system. Like, they tried. He played on every line, yeah. power play. He just wasn't the fit. So, it was a good move to get get rid of him. I, I like the trade overall. Yeah. Can't yeah, I, it worked out well for, for Toronto, I think. Um, I mean, Dezingle really wasn't the big part of that, that trade. Actually, the big part of it was just getting – uh, some clearing some cap space and and then getting Richie off the books for next year. Um, yeah, Richie, I don't really didn't work out in in Toronto. I just I I, I don't think he is he has the foot speed to really keep up in today's NHL. Um, you know, like in Anaheim, he really he couldn't fit in there. He couldn't really fit in very well in Boston, Toronto. So see what he does in Arizona. But I don't. I mean, to me, honestly, I don't really think he's he's an NHL player. These when he was when he was signed to Toronto in the offseason, was he the one that people were most exciting about? Or was it yeah. Bunting or Kasha? I think it was Richie, wasn't it? It was Richie, yeah. Yeah, Richie. Yeah. Yeah, the media was pretty fired up over that. Didn't pan out, and now they've uh they've sent him where, where most careers go to die over there in Arizona. But I mean, hopefully he gets the uh the university kids behind him and he gets some games yeah. on his belt and he can light it up. But well he'll he should he should see top line minutes there too. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Especially once sure. especially once they move Kessel in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, is, is he on the, trade, the trade bait board there, Kessel? I haven't heard much about him. Oh he's for sure gone. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. But speaking of uh of the Leafs and trades, I, I'm reading now they're kicking tires on both JT Miller and John Klingberg. I mean Typical Leafs media, uh, you know, anytime there's a big fish in the sea, the Leafs are going to get them. Doesn't matter what they do, but um, you know, are either of these guys going to be a good fit? And building on that, who is going to have to leave in order to get these guys into the lineup? Because there's going to have to be some pretty big moves. I think um, um, I, I think Klingberg would be a better fit, but I don't think he's going. I think if anyone, Miller would be going there. Yep. But he's uh, like Miller's been Vancouver's best player all year. I think Klingberg would just be like, what? <laughs> I think Klingberg would just be like an upgraded, an upgraded uh, Riley. 
But uh, yeah, no way Klingberg's going there. I wouldn't doubt if JT went, <laughs> went there, though. Like, he's been really good all year. Throw him on any line. Guy works out. Throw him on the PK. Even get, I don't think they're making a move for either of them. But I mean, now that Muzzin's on LTIR, they said they're pushing for Miller. So I think they'd have to give up a hefty penny. Well, yeah, the price would be pretty big. Like, you probably have to move first round pick. Guy like Robertson or, or one of your top prospects like that. And then, yeah, you'd probably have to move a bit of cap out as well. May, depending on how long Muzzin's out, because I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, JT Miller is about pretty much the same cap hit as as um, um, as Muzzin. So if Muzzin's out for the, the rest of the year, that just washes, and then you can just figure it out in summer who, who goes. Um, if not, I think it's probably a guy like Kerfoot is, is the guy that, that goes. Because they cleared a bit of room getting Richie off the books, and, and Labushkin makes... I think less than a million. So they clear probably about a million and a half salary cap space with that trade. And then, um, but yeah, I think like of the two, JT Miller's the guy that that uh, I think they would get uh, more um, more out of. Um, he's he's back next year, um, you know. So that gives you. It's not just a rental. It's a guy that. Um, that'll make an impact over a couple, a uh, couple playoff pushes. Whereas Klingberg is a free agent at the end of the year and they definitely won't have the money to resign him. He's probably looking at eight plus million. Easy. Easy. On his, next, on his next contract. So you might be able to fit him in this year. And if, if Muzzin's out for the, for the rest of the year or, or until the playoffs, um, you, you could, you could fit um, Klingberg in if, if uh, Dallas retains salary and then you could even, you know, last year there was a lot of three-team deals that where you can retain money twice. You basically get a guy at like twenty-five percent of the cap hit. Yeah, he has so he can work ways around it. Dubas is smart that way. So that'd be good to see him on the team. I mean, he's pretty versatile. But where would you slot him in the lineup? Are you putting him up there with Matthews and Marner, or maybe Tavares and Nylander? Where would you put him? First line with Matthews and Marner. Yeah. Yeah. So even after all the all the chemistry Bonting's building, he's building a rookie season. He's leading them in goals, if not if I'm not mistaken, leading all rookies in goals or something like that. He's close to it. Yeah, he is. Um, or he's tied. But with a guy like JT Miller, are you gonna? I mean, he could work to better some Nylander, I guess. But the way that JT is, you got to put him on the first. Yeah. No, he's solid. Um, you know, uh, big big news out of uh the Islanders. They get Chara playing the most games by any D-man. He plays 1,652 games. So big shout out to him. I'm sure he's listening. Um, <laughs> how many more seasons does, does this guy have left under his belt? I mean, it seems like he's ageless, kind of like Yager. Chalios. Yeah, no kidding. But I don't you, know, he's, you think he's this is what? it for him? I mean, he, he looks pretty slow out there. You know, like he's still... He's still kind of effective because he's just so big and has such a big reach that even if you get around him, you can still poke the puck off you in that. But um, I don't know. Like, to me, like, there, there's a lot of teams looking to, to trade for him. I was reading that the other day that there's some interest in him on the trade market. And I don't know if that's a guy you, you want to pick up for the, the playoffs. Like, once the game starts getting 
tight and there's a bit more speed and everything. Like, I just, I don't think he can, he can really, you know, keep up um, in that sort of, that sort of play, that sort of well, game style. So I think the game almost is, is kind of passing by. Like he was a great player and, um, you know, it's a hall, like a future hall of famer for sure. And um, I think this might be his last year. Like he, you know, he'll, he'll probably get traded uh, at the deadline. And, you know, if he goes to a top team and can kind of be, you know, good six, seven defenseman and go on a big playoff push and, you know, probably uh, right at the sunset. Does he go I back th- and sign with Boston and retire? Well, I think he'd sign a one-day contract. Like, I think he'll retire as a Bruin, but. Yeah, probably, I, think I think. I think he's done. I thought he was done last year before he went to the Islanders. So, yeah. that's just it's just inevitable for me. I think he tried one year. He went to a contender. I mean, they're back-to-back conference finals. They're just doing shit this year. I think it's like, yeah, I tried. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is some pretty weird news coming out of the ECHL. It's been all over Twitter. All these teams are talking about it, but Sean Avery comes uh, back from the dead. No one really knows what he's been up to, but he signs with the Orlando Solar Bears in the ECHL. That was about four days ago. Today they released him. He didn't even touch the ice. Um, there's a lot of confusion as to what this whole thing was about. You had Matthew Barnaby, George LaRock all on Twitter saying, you know, they want to sign on teams in the same division to play against Avery, probably to take his head clean off. But uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this mess. Like, what was the plan there with Orlando? And, like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't understand it at all. I think, uh, yeah, they had him on the reserve list. I guess he wasn't fit enough, and that's why they cut him or something. But I wish I still worked for my old job because I could just email email Drake and be like, what are you doing? But, yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't think any of them will come back. They're too old. They're too slow. It's like a young kid league, and you're just going to have a 41-year-old come in? Like, no shot. Yeah, yeah and Avery, Avery hasn't played professional hockey in how long? Years. You're like probably 2012, 2013, yeah. something like that. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, at least probably five, six, seven years. He hasn't played professional hockey, and and to that to that point too, in the NHL, he wasn't really an NHLer. He was more of, you know, he he was kind of like the last of that kind of goon fighter um, type role where they they've kind of eliminated that out of the game. So, really, even then, when he played in the NHL, he wasn't really an NHL caliber guy to begin with. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really understand the the move at all. Like, even as a publicity stunt, I don't know how how much that would have worked. Like, he was so, a pretty polarizing player. Like, it's like I think they person. were. I think they were seventh in the conference as well. If I looked that up right, like it's not like he's a guy to bring in to help your team. No, not at all. But they were pre they were pre doing pre orders for Sean Avery Orlando jerseys and people were buying them. So now because it's hilarious. Yeah, but now you're gonna have to go refund all those people. Like it just seems more of like a headache. You gotta wonder what happened behind the scenes. Like there was a video like a couple months ago or a little longer of, of Avery playing like a pickup game and he could barely skate. Like he's just he's so far out of practice. So I just don't understand where where that decision came from. But Anyways, let's, uh, let's move on to some more NHL predictions for tomorrow. Obviously, we're recording on Friday, so we got, we got a big slate for Saturday. 
Um, we'll see if I can go 0 and 9. I'll keep the record up. But <laughs> we'll uh, let's start with the Leafs and Wings. Canes, who do you uh, who do you think's gonna come out on top there? What do you like about this matchup? Um, I like the Leafs in this one. Um, I mean, Detroit's Detroit's a good a good young team. They're building something pretty good there. But uh, I think that the Leafs are you know they're one of the top teams in the league and um they have been all year and they should uh they should kind of wipe the floor with this one here i like the i like the leafs new lions they played against minnesota i saw kerfoot was on the third and so they're finally changing it up trying to find what's working so i like that about them i know the wings have played good like larkin's played really good all year i feel like the leafs always they always play close anyways so i feel like it'd be Good, pretty, gritty game. I think the stars will show up in that one. Matthews, Larkin, Bertuzzi, Marner. I think they're going to put on a show. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Leafs uh, as well here in this one. Um, you know what? It, it's not it's not as sure of a bet as some people may think. The Wings have been really solid, as you as you said there, Brad. But uh, I think the Leafs will, will come on top here. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I don't think there's going to be a huge differential in goals. And, you know, it's always... It's always sweet to see Cider and uh, and Raymond play out there with Larkin. They seem to be gelling really well this year, but um, Matthews is absolutely on fire. Um, and if that second line, if Tavares, you know, kind of wakes up a little bit more too, they just get even more dangerous the more the more talent they have. So um, yeah. we'll go Leafs with that one. Yeah, um, pains me to say it, but Math because I don't really like Matthews, but he's he's <laughs> probably the best player in the league right now the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks. And, but that that cider kid's really good too. Eh? He's really good. Herbie fully loaded number ass. Really good though. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories like ever now. What's that? You know you haven't heard how he got his number? No. So he wanted number nine, but you can't pick number nine in Detroit, obviously, because of Gordy right. Howe. Right. So he he was watching Herbie fully loaded. When they called him, and or that was the last movie he watched, so that's why he picked the number. That's, no that was the, way! That was the car in the movie's number. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, I mean, it's working for him. I don't, I don't think he's going to change it anytime soon. The way he's playing, so we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that game. But we got Avs and and Vegas a little later on in the night. I think they're at ten Eastern. Um, Brad, who you got for this one? This can be. I mean, in years this past, is- this is a close one, but. I think uh, there's a little bit more of a favorite going into this is going to be yeah, it's going to be a really good game. I'm pretty much just looking at the health of Vegas. Like Marcheseau's not playing tonight, so I don't know if he's. Play- They're both coming off back to backs. Marcheseau's out tonight, so I don't know if he's playing tomorrow. Leonard's day to day, so I don't know if who's starting in for Vegas tomorrow. And McKinnon's back tonight, so I just think based off that, I think Colorado's going to take. I still think it'll be a good game though. They always play good games. Yeah, Canes. Who do you have? Um, I'm gonna go with Vegas. Um, I know Brad said their health isn't uh, isn't the greatest right now, but they've got Eichel playing, so um, I think uh, you know he's he's gotten in a couple games since he's been uh, been off, and and I think he's uh, he's about to start heating up here soon. Um, so uh, even though Vegas has a couple guys out like Marshall, so we'll see if he plays tomorrow, and you know see who starts in goal for them and. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good game. But I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with Vegas. Okay, I'm, I'm going to side with Brad on this one. I'm going to go with the Avs. Um, they get McKinnon back tonight, so he'll be ready to go for Saturday. Um, otherwise, they're pretty healthy. They're winning a lot. 
it's hard to bet against them anytime. And, and to Brad's point, Vegas has some health issues. So, um, I mean, hopefully they make it a close game. It's always fun when it's, you know, closer opposed to a blowout, but um, the abs are scoring at insane paces. They're winning a lot. And I, I just think it's hard to bet against them. So I'm going to go with the abs, but um, the other late game we got going is the wild and the flames. This will be a pretty good one here. The flames get their 10 game winning streak snap last night against uh, Vancouver. So they're looking to start off uh, another streak. Um, personally, I'm going to go with the flames. I think, like I said, they're going to bounce back and they're going to be looking to get another streak heading into playoff time in a few months. And, you know, they're doing well, man. Markstrom's holding them in a lot of games. Um, when he lets in a few, they just score a bunch more to get back in it. Lindholm's on fire. Um, no pun intended. So it's hard to bet against the Flames. I'm going to go with them. How about you, Brad? Who are you thinking? Yeah, it pains me to say it because you're 0-6 in predictions. But <laughs> we're, we're now got the same three. I think the Flames as well. The Wild against Toronto did not look good at all. I don't know if that was just the way Toronto was playing against them or what, but I think the Flames are looking to battle back here. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Yeah, it'll be a good game. Um, Wild didn't look too good against Toronto there, but uh, um, they've been pretty good this this whole year. Um, they're getting one of the top teams out, out west. Um you know, I, I like their team. I like their the way that they're built. Um, I'm going with the with the Wild this weekend. I think they're they're due for for a big weekend after uh, last week and not not really showing up against Toronto. All right. Well, we'll see how that pans out. We'll uh, we'll get weird to chime in. Yeah. I think I've got. Actually, no. You guys took the lead. Oh, you guys both took the lead straight. I was gonna say I think I've I've got uh, the three opposite picks of you guys, but close, close. close. Yeah. But we'll we'll get Weirzy to chime in over text and we'll we'll keep the pot updated over our social medias to see who he has as well. And you know, it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see. Um Brad, I'm sorry if I bring you down a sinking ship with me here on these picks, but yes. hopefully we can turn it around. I'm hoping for a quick bounce back three and oh. Yeah. So oh, you and me both. We'll see. I mean, last week Zuccarello's my top fantasy player. And then this week Minnesota's just like bad. So I don't know what they gotta cook it back. Yeah. All right. So let's move away from the rink and take a stroll down pit lane here. Uh, Canes, why don't you walk us through NASCAR? What's going on in that world? Um, yeah, the uh, uh, Daytona was on the weekend there. Um, it was uh, it was a good race. Uh, the new cars looked uh, looked pretty good. Um, was pretty excited to uh, see them uh, to see them go. Um, you know, it, it, we'll see what the what it looks like next next week because Daytona is a restrictor plate race so all the cars are, are kind of get packed in in tighter um for a race like that whereas um you know we'll see how the these new cars do when they get to let loose a little bit um my pick Brad Kozlowski uh led quite a few laps um didn't end up uh didn't end up winning in the end there but uh um he did he did uh, he did okay he caused a couple accidents so that was uh that was a little interesting he actually took out uh um Weirzy's pick um Kyle, Kyle Bush, Bush. Uh, yeah. a couple times <laughs> and uh you know so that was kind of nice to see but that's the way Kozlowski races he's just you know I'm not a huge fan of him but he's just he's a good racer and he does um does his job pretty well there um Austin Syndic won 
um, you know, rookies, 23 years old. Um, so it's pretty big to win, uh, when your first race is the Daytona 500. Um, you know, he's a good, good young player. He's, he's going to be a good young, uh, racer. He's going to be, um, around for, uh, for quite a while. So, uh, it's exciting to see new, uh, the new guys go, um, you know, the Fords ran pretty well. Um, this week we're heading to California, just outside of Los Angeles for the Auto Club 400. Um, again, this is like, this track is kind of interesting because there's, there's really not a comparable for it. So this is a tough race to predict as well. Um, just because they didn't, they didn't race last year. So the last time they raced this track was 2020. So I haven't been there in, in two years and there's really no other track that's comparable to it on the NASCAR slate. It's a super speedway. It's a two, two mile track. Um, they were supposed to have changed it over from a two mile track to a half mile track, which COVID delayed. They didn't, they didn't get that done. So it's still going to be a two mile track race on a super speedway. So, um, you know, a couple guys looked, looked, uh, looked pretty good on, on the weekend there. I think uh, Kyle Larson's the favorite to uh, to win um, right now. It's a pretty good bet. Um, again, it's hard to say because this this race doesn't have restrictor plates, so we'll really get to see what these new cars can can do. Um, I mean, the whole idea behind the new cars is that um, you know all the the teams are buying parts off of one manufacturer, so really all the cars should be essentially exactly the same. So they should all race um, pretty much the same. And it just kind of comes down to more of the skill of the driver now versus, you know, the teams that have the best engineers and, um, you know, and the best, you know, performance teams and that, and they can build just faster cars. Um, yeah. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how, see how this race goes, but uh, pretty excited for it. It's a, it's a tough track to, to race and it's hard to kind of hard to predict, but any of the kind of top guys, in the in the you know cup race are are good uh, good bets yeah it seems to be uh the year for new car models in racing whether you got nascar formula one's got new cars this year too as they make their way through testing before the season starts but uh we can move over to the uh the golf course a different type of track now um obviously <clears throat> last week we had the genesis um, i came out on top <laughs> from uh, from the guys there i had justin thomas obviously he didn't win but he was right up there um, just get your thoughts quickly, guys. What did you think about the tournament last week and, and your picks, Brad? I know you have some strong words for your pick. Yeah, Cameron Smith, he goes into the weekend uh, top 10 and then finishes, I think, T33. Like, you might as well have just been trunk slamming after Friday <laughs> night. Like, you got to play good golf all four days, and guy just didn't show up and it mattered most. Shout out to Neiman, though. Wire to wire is absolutely huge. That's big time. But, yeah, I mean – as I said, it takes four days to win. You can't show up the first two and then disappear. You're not going to win. Kane's well, sure all about that. Up the, at least your guy showed up the first two. Yeah, I came. I came second out of the four of us. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, my guy Bubba missed the cut on Friday <laughs> during the podcast. Trunk slam. That was a little. That was a little hit to the ego there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. it was it was good. Um, kind of when Bubba went out. I was. Just devastated. Just not much to say. God didn't. Yeah, God, not much to say. I, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Right. You got another chance this week. You can shake it off. Um, 
obviously, as we're recording Friday evening, the Honda Classics well underway as we head into the weekend. Um, so we're going to go. I'm going to make the cut. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This is a gimme for you. So you, your pick can't miss the weekend. So let's uh, let's let's get into it. Who do you guys think uh, is going to come out on top Sunday evening? Brad, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Shane Lowry. I picked him from the start, so I know it's kind of biased. I'm still rolling with him though. I think he's seven strokes behind with two days left. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I think he's at minus three leaders at minus ten. Yeah, leaders minus ten. Daniel Berger. Okay, yeah, Berger's good though. But I mean, he's in a good spot with two days left. Like, if he just has a good day and a couple of guys up top have bad days, he'll move right up there. He's he started off twenty five to one odds. He's finished last year in the top twenty in strokes gained and tee to green. I think he he might be a safe bet based on those stats. But going into the tournament, twenty five to one, kind of he's like a mid tier. But I mean, he's top ten right now, so it looks like it's paying off for me. So hopefully, he keeps there keeps it rolling he needs to do better than minus three in a matchup on the saturday and sunday but so hopefully he can do it yeah i'm i'm going with sep straka the uh the big austrian we'll uh see how he goes he he's currently tied for six at uh minus five he went low today yeah really yeah. low yeah he had a good good round so uh he should make the cut. Uh, <laughs> so, so at least, uh, at least my guy will still be in it for, uh, for the Saturday, Sunday. So uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Your pick there along with uh, Hubert went uh, tied for lowest on the day at, at minus five or minus six. Minus six. So yeah. they're getting the hang of the track going into the weekend, but uh, I'm going to go off the board a little bit with the Canadian pride. I'll go with Taylor Pendrith. Uh, he's T12 minus two. He was one under today. So he's definitely got some work to do being eight behind. And, you know, it's never easy to catch Berger when he, when he's on, he's on. So uh, we'll see. Um, Brooks Kepka being one of the favorites hasn't really held up to his standard per se. Um, so he's got some work to do as well, but 30, 31st. Yeah. Not looking too yeah. good for him, but we'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, just a quick note on the tournament today, actually. The uh, the tournament actually was suspended to darkness at six thirty p.m., and only one oh, guy, Jesus. only one guy, didn't finish the round. And, Andrew Cozen. So he this, he's competing on a sponsor's exemption, so he's not a regular on the tour. But he was the only guy left, so he's got to resume at six fifty a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, wow. He needs just to play like one or two holes. So to make it even better, he needs a par or better on the last hole to make the cut. And he's hit his tee shot in the fairway. So he's got 258 left to the hole. So he's got wow. that left tomorrow morning. And he's got to make a par better to make the cut. So talk about some nerves. Hopefully he gets some sleep tonight. But oh, yeah, he's not say. sleeping, man. No <laughs> well, uh, shot. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. That's, you know, you don't see that. That's crazy. Day, yeah. So, um, yeah, with that, gentlemen, I don't know if you have anything else to add to the pod. I, was, I, have, a qu- I have a quick question. I'll throw it if you want. Yeah, of course. So, Martin St. Louis came in. Montreal's won their last four games. Do we think he is an answer to that team? Sex? I think, I think he's bringing some fun to, to the locker room, which is exactly what they needed. That, you know, they have all the pressure on him last year, deep in the playoffs, 
they just missed, you know, the cup. Sure, they they didn't win, but they had a hell of a run, and then they come out absolutely flat this year. All the media is all over them. They let the GM and the coach both go, and St. Louis comes in. I think they're just having fun. Caulfield is absolutely on fire, which is helping yeah, them like a lot. Ten points in the last seven or something. Yeah, like that's exactly what they had brought him in for. He's gelling with Suzuki, but I think uh, I think you're gonna see him stick around for a little bit. Yeah, I think you'll see him stick around for a little bit too. Um, you know, they're they're certainly playing a lot better under him. It looks like the guys are kind of enjoying playing hockey a bit more, especially a guy like like Caulfield. Um, you know, he's he's been uh, been pretty good since St. Louis taken over. Um, to me, I don't know. Like I made that comparison when he, I think the first podcast we, we talked about it. Um, but to me, he kind of seems like that Rod Brindamore type type coach, like that kind of mold, like where he had success as a player, um, you know, a guy that was kind of no nonsense, you know, just the ultimate professional as a, as a player. And um, I think he's kind of bringing that to, to the way he, he coaches. Um, but it's kind of less about the, less about the systems and, and, and more about just bringing leadership to groups. Like really like the system hockey is, is kind of like all these guys have grown up playing all their life. You don't get to the NHL by not, you know, have that stuff drilled into you. So they know what they're doing. And it's more about, you know, just let these guys, you know, be creative. Like Montreal's got some pretty good offensive um, offensive players. And so it's just kind of less about sort of a rigid structure to, to how they play and, and more about being a little bit more fluid and letting these guys do what they do. and and um, yeah, just have more fun and and I guess really more about bringing that the, that leadership and and kind of just rein them in that way. Who, who do you guys think they have to bring in on defense? Obviously, Petrie is there, but he's not making as much of an impact as he did last year. He was a fantasy horse last year, and then Weber's gone. So, are we thinking if they fill a couple holes there, maybe they might be back in the mix in a year or two? I think they're going like a full rebuild. I think Petrie probably Petrie actually might be a guy that moves in the right. next couple of weeks. I think they would need like kind of like a a more hybrid version of Shea Weber. Like I think if like Josh Manson came there, he'd be a good fit there. Someone like that. Yeah, I think, but I think Manson's gonna sign back in. Uh, yeah, and you said Lindholm was leaving. That I, was just, I think that was just an example. Thanks to a band back. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. We'll trade him Weber as well. Yeah. You're gonna have Weber back. <laughs> guys, yeah. guys, gonna retire. You can have him back. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's episode four of the Lads Corner. Uh, be sure to follow us along on our social media. We'll keep you updated on our picks throughout the weekend. Uh, Twitter, the Lads Corner. Instagram, it's the Lads Corner. And, of course, we have our TikTok. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday with episode five. We'll get into all of the picks. We'll get our host, Weirzy, back and see what he's been up to for the past uh, past week and bring you some more content. Family man. Big family man. We'll see. Thanks for yeah. tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you later, boys.